A shout out to everyone out there who is following our podcast. We, today we have a very special guest, Jr. Gonzalez. Thank you, Jr., for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me today. Perfect. Now, Jr. is a speaker. He's also a podcaster. He's a business owner, entrepreneur, and so many hats he wears. Today we're going to hear from him, and we want to learn uh, and hear about who is Jr. Gonzalez. A lot of us see see him related to different organizations like Tamag. We hear it, we see him here and there on social media, but we want to know a little bit deeper down, like who is JR? Where does he come from and all those details? So again, thank you, JR, for being with us. Like I said, thank you very much. And as far as who is JR Gonzalez, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. So <laughs> maybe I can learn something from this podcast. But, okay, uh, well, perfect. We'll go from there. So tell us, I mean, where were you born? Give us a little bit of your your early years okay actually i uh, was born in the valley i in mercedes i was right there in really? uh, right there in the low rio grande valley uh the mercedes my mom was a uh, a teacher and my dad was in the military and it just so happened that i was born in june i'm a gemini and back in those days teachers had the summer off so dad was in the military and um, mom went home for the summer as we were every summer in the valley And that's where I was born. So I was born in a little clinic in the Pueblito de Mercedes and uh, went back every summer, holidays, every summer, sometimes every other weekend until I was 16. And then when I was 16, I could drive myself. I said, Sabes que? you guys go without me. I love grandma and granddad, but I'm not going down anymore. So it was, uh, came from a close knit family and it was spent a lot of time in, in the valley. Wow. So Rio Grande Valley, for those listening and don't know where we're at, we're way, way down in Texas in the tip sort of um, close to Mexico and the border of Mexico. Absolutely. From, from where I was born, you could throw a rock and hit the Rio Grande. I mean, right there. Mexico was right there. It was, used to cross over all the time. It was part of daily life. Yes, way, way further down than San Antonio. A lot of people say, oh, Valley, South Texas, and they say San Antonio. I'm like, no, no, no. We're a little bit further down. So, okay, so this is where we're at. So I'm I'm from the Valley. I'm, uh, I was raised in Mission. I was not born here. However, um, I did not know that JR was from the RGV either. So, wow, that's a small world. So well, t tell us, you said about 16 and you started driving yourself, things like that. But tell us a little bit, so maybe a, a story that stands <clears throat> out that you want to share when you were a young boy. Wow. Um, there's a lot of stories that I'd probably like to share, but... Uh, too many people are still alive and uh, <laughs> some of the statute limitations have not run out yet on some of those things but uh, no I, I was very fortunate I was very blessed I had uh, two caring parents that believed in in education and like I said mom was a teacher dad was in the military and uh, I got a lot of my patience and the thirst for learning from my mom and I think I got my discipline my work ethic and the let's just get the job done from my from my dad so very very fortunate and i'm very blessed because both of them are still alive and uh, wow. dad dad is um just turned 89 and mom turned 49 again and uh, <laughs> she she said i'm staying here mijo i'm staying here 
And uh, so uh, they're up in Oklahoma. So you're about to catch up to her. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not too far behind. Uh, yeah, well, I wish. But uh, very fortunate. And as far as a story, it's just one of those things. There's just all kinds of stories in my in my life that actually had a significant impact on, on who I am today. And I'm just very, very blessed to have had not only the opportunity, but the experiences, because I probably learned more outside the classroom than I did in the classroom. Wow. Yeah. And then growing up in the Valley, I, we grew up outside and it was all fun and fun. And then, and all those experiences, the things that we grew up with, you never tell a Mexican parent or Hispanic parent you're bored, right? Because then they'll put you to work. But oh, yeah. there's just so many things to share. There are a lot of things to share. And I had the, I had the, uh, the advantage because Austin was home. So my formative years and everything, I, I went to school during, it was in Austin, Austin, Texas. And then of course, every summer it was the low Rio Grande Valley. And growing up, I think one of the most memorable experiences, I'd go with my grandmother and we go out into the Monte and we would go and, and she would be collecting cactus. She was there with her machete getting the cactus. I was helping her gather it and then she would peel them and then we'd have, you know, nopalitos with our with our dinner that night and for breakfast next morning. And it was just that, that, that good old fashioned way of doing things. Uh, Mexico, Mexico was right there, the frontera. I mean, we would cross over and buy products, fresh tortillas. We'd go across. Uh, my, I'd go with my dad, slaughter. Uh, he would pick a cabrito, slaughter a, a cabrito, and bring back the meat. And of course, my job was to uh, had a big gallon jar where I'd, ho I'd hold the uh, the sangre, the blood of the cabrito, because Grandma made a delicious blood gravy. And it, it was growing up. Didn't even give it a second thought. Um, going back and forth on the border it was just a way of life. But then um, over the years, obviously things has changed and I've had a lot more experiences in life that not just from Austin to the low Rio Grande Valley, but been very fortunate, I have traveled large parts of the world. I've been involved in, in activities and organizations and chambers of commerces. I've even been very fortunate to have met uh, five different US presidents and I've met three different presidents from Mexico. So. Some of the circles I've run in have been um, have been kind of cool, and uh, it's just a, a constant learning experience for me. Amazing! Now, before you before we get to all this uh, meeting presidents, I want to know more of um, well, a little bit of. Okay, so you grew up in the valley. You were born here. You know, grew up in, in Austin, going back and forth, and then senior senior year happens, and you're about to graduate. Uh, did you just did you know what you wanted to do for the dream job? Did you know college? Tell us a bit about that. Well, let me let me go back a little bit before that. Um, growing up, I was probably considered a problem child or, or kind of a, today I think it's at-risk student is what they classify uh -huh, as. Uh -huh. Junior high, in junior high, I was in fights all the time. And not because I enjoyed fighting, it's just that when you get jumped in the bathroom for your lunch money, you know, I wanted to eat. I wanted to eat lunch, so I had to start yeah, yeah. defending myself. As a result, I ended up in, in, in fights all the time. But it was interesting in that when I was a uh, freshman in high school, I got called to the counselor's office and I go by JR. I mean, JR all my life, but my name is uh, Jaime Roel. I was born Jaime Roel Gonzalez. This was on my birth certificate, but JR is what I've always been called. In fact, JR is even on my university diploma. But the counselors call me and they go, Jamie, we need to talk to you. I go, well, ma'am, it's Jaime or JR. They go, Jamie, you made a mistake on your paperwork. I go, what paperwork? You filled out the forms for students that are going to college. 
I go, okay, and? She goes, you need, to fill, you need to fill out this other form. I go, what's that? It's for vocational training. And I go, no, ma'am, I'm okay with the college paperwork. So, Jamie, you have to understand. So one day, if you're fortunate enough to graduate from high school, you're going to find someone, you're going to want to get married, you're going to have kids. So you're going to have to be able to support yourself. So you're going to need a job. So if you take one of these vocational courses, you could learn like bricklaying, auto mechanics, woodwork, and that way you can support your family. And I'm going, no, ma'am, that's, I'm going, I filled out the college paperwork. Well, they did not want to accept that. And it took my mother, I mean, talk about being embarrassed. My mother had to come to school on my behalf and intercede and said, no, he's going to college. But at the time it was a large school, primarily Anglo, and there was very few Latinos in that school. So they just naturally assumed, so I was kidding, you're, I mean, you're going, you're going to take vocational training. And then my experience of going to school in the Valley, and I'm old enough to remember, I'm sure a lot of people do out there that are from the Valley. If you spoke Spanish in the classroom, you were taken to the principal's office and, and, and spanked. 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 I mean, nombre, we didn't need ELS. I mean, you learn real quick, either learn English or experience the pain. So people would that, tell me you're too quiet, and I'm like, well, no. Now I talk. Maybe that's one of the reasons I talk too much because I would get in trouble if I talked all my elementary and junior high years. There we'll you get go. In trouble. We couldn't talk, and then I couldn't speak because I didn't speak English, so I was just quiet. <laughs> there you go. So it, it was difficult in 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 high school in that I was the school was about three thousand five hundred students with less than two hundred students with quote unquote Spanish surnames, but. I was, uh, I got that, uh, the fighting out of my system. I mean, no teacher wanted to touch me, especially as a freshman and sophomore, because I just had a long history and an office record of being in trouble. But I, I rechanneled some of those injury, uh, those energies on one. It was a teacher named, her name was Shirley, Shirley Pacey. And she was the uh, speech, speech teacher. And so I got some of my extroverted activities out competing in UIL competition and speeches. And then I also made the football team. So I got that little fighting out of me or that little uh, high energy level to actually hit something. Energy. Energy. I use that energy on the football field and I used my mouth uh, to actually compete for competition, trophies and, and, and awards. So it was a nice little there balance. And because of that, I got to rule involved with school. I became student body, student council president, who's who, all that kind of stuff in a pre- predominantly Anglo, uh, you know, pr- pretty much an all white school. And so even though I experienced it, I didn't really, really recognize that I was experiencing um, some discrimination because I was just too, too dumb, too young and too dumb to know about it. But then it was uh, Texas State, which at the time was Southwest Texas. Because growing up, my mother never gave me a choice. It wasn't if you go to college, it's me when you go to college. When you go to college, it's hope. I didn't think I had a choice. So it was Texas State. My um, my idea was go to two years at Texas State and then transfer to University of Texas in Austin and graduate from UT. But once I started Texas State, um, I loved it there. So I stayed there, um, got my undergraduate, well, I got my degree from Texas State. I have. A, um, a degree in um, speech in uh, public relations advertising and a minor in speech communications and even today I go back and I work closely with the university and some of their students some of their graduate students and I'm often asked to come back and be a guest speaker at the university so it's uh, it's it's my alma mater but uh, when I started there and this was uh, 1976 70, 76 77 when I was a freshman 
And when I enrolled in the university, I think I increased the, uh, the Hispanic population on campus by at least 33% because there was me, there's the groundskeepers, and there's the cafeteria ladies. I mean, that was it. I mean, there's no Mexicanos, there's nobody there. Very, very few. Today, Texas State is a Hispanic serving institution and continue to grow. I'm very proud of the fact that I'm from that university because it definitely taught me a lot. Thank you for sharing that. And it's still it's sad that it's still a lot of uh, of that happening at this now and age, right? Where a lot of students are being discouraged from attending a four-year university. They, they make assumptions. People make assumptions yeah. about you. Your last yeah. name is Hernandez Gonzalez or, or Trevino. I go, okay, you need to go into Brick Lane. You're going to do this. Or I mean, they want to give you jobs already. And, and the frustrating part is, what I, is that people, not only do they make assumptions with your education, but they often come to you and they want your, your if you're in business, they want your services, but they think because you're Mexican that you should do it for cheaper than anybody else. And it, it, that, that inequity, that, that it, it's not there. It's like, if you look at it, a lot of these, these uh, let's say a business that provides a service, a lot of them are, are going out and hiring Latinos to do the job anyway, jacking up the price and, and, and charging a higher price for it. But instead of people coming to the source, coming to the Latino worker, coming to the business person, entrepreneur, they're wanting a much lower price, but they're willing to pay an Anglo business owner a higher price for the exact same product and not think twice about it because because we're Latinos, there's a lot of people who think, well, we're we're groundskeepers, we're we work in restaurants, we're maids, we we do this this a lot of this manual labor. They think that that we should have to be paid less, and that that's just not right because we're the ones that are actually doing the work. But I'm sorry, didn't mean to go down that trail. Don't get me started because I'm a big big advocate for the Latino community and what is right. And some of the times we we're definitely just uh, not treated right. So. Discrimination and bigotry is alive and well. It's just taken a different form. Yeah, and then it's not, I guess, if people try to go around it, but no, I agree. And it, it, again, you're talking about years ago, but now moving, what, 2022, it's still, it's still happening. It's still happening and the assumptions like you mentioned. And it's something that you as a community leader, myself and all the community out there that have a voice, we need to speak up. We need to speak up and, uh, and uh, really advocate for the Latinos. And I, that sounds like a totally different uh, That's another podcast. That yeah, that's, yes, an, that's that another episode. For sure, for sure. But I think we have a lot to do, a lot of work. And I think working together, we can advocate more and be loud and speak up and really shake, shake uh, organizations say, hey, um, there's a lot more to do. And it's like you said, be, have that equity for everybody not just uh, uh whatever color you or your skin is right for everyone but thank you for sharing that though that thank you for sharing that because i know uh, our my listeners are different age groups different backgrounds different ethnic, ethnic groups and but it's something that regardless again what you are we need to make sure that we're talking about you know being fair being fair right so absolutely now, now, what was your degree? What was your degree in? And why did you choose that? <laughs> okay, funny story. Well, actually, um, I came out of high school and, um, you know, I had really excelled in, in, uh, in speech, in speech communication, prose reading, competing, UIL competition. I said, well, can I continue this in college? So I kind of took some basic courses and I continued, but I did everything 
ass backwards. I was taking the advanced courses before I took some of the basic courses thinking that I was, I didn't think I was smarter than that, but I was so anxious to take some of those advanced courses. I was signing up for those early. And then I, later on, I had to go back and take some of the basic courses, which was a little frustrating, but I got into, I think the, uh, the speech communications aspect, because that's something that I knew and was comfortable with and I enjoyed. And then I had to pick, uh, you know, some other, uh, you know, majors or courses of study. And so advertising and public relations was, um, was the other one. And that's where I ended up getting, uh, getting my BA in. And people ask me, well, why public relations advertising? And I go, do you want the truth or do you want the politically correct answer? They go, well, we want the truth. I go, well, the truth is, is it's my sophomore year. I had to pick a major. I didn't know what the heck I was going to pick. And I'm going, well, started thinking about it and keep in mind I was a child of the 60s and um, one of the popular TV shows at the time was Bewitched you remember Bewitched the TV show and her husband Darren Stevens who worked for McMahon and Tate an advertising agency and I go well heck advertising sounds like a good career I mean the guy had a nice wife he had a pretty house he wore a suit he worked in air condition let me try advertising let's see what that looks like and so I started taking some courses and I ended up getting a degree in it and of course I've been very uh, fortunate that for uh, almost 20 something years I actually owned a public relations advertising firm with some of the other things that I do so I actually have been able to put into practice what I studied in, in college and I'm still using it today. Who would have thought that, you know, that TV show <laughs> I mean, started it all. I look at you now. Hey, the Stevens, they lived on Morning Glory Circle, McMahon and Tate. You know, you had the characters. I was just fascinated by that whole subject of coming up with ideas and getting paid for it. I said, well, heck, I can do that. And it's easier than being out in the sun working. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Hey, uh, it starts somewhere, right? And I mean, I'm a believer that everything happens for a reason. And that's what you were meant to do. And look at you doing this and loving it and getting paid for it, right? So Very thank good. you for sharing that. Now, I'm going to go and touch base a little bit on adversities. One of the um, whole purposes of this podcast is to share people's adversities, right? Of course, we want to share successes and so forth. But just because we're successful doesn't mean we don't struggle. Everybody struggles. Everybody has a story to share. And everybody has issues, problems, different things. Again, different caliber, different areas of our lives. But if I, you could share one that stands out, JR, from, uh, from as long as you can remember till now, if you, I guess, you know, just share one big adversity. Well, share that one with us. Isabel, I think that, well, well, I try to narrow it down to one. There's been so many. Yeah, because I'm the sure years. there's many. Yes, yes. But I think one that's notable is, um, I think one that's going to be notable is that when I was in college, there was something that, I mean, my parents weren't wealthy. I had to apply for student loans, grants. I was, uh, every summer I would work. Um, even when I was going to school, I had, needed to have a part-time job to be able to make it through. It wasn't that, you know, you're going to go to school and I have everything paid for. I had to work my way through college, as many people did out there. And the real, the difficult part was, it was about my sophomore year and I was just tired. I was tired of going to school. I was, I mean, I was working and I was working some long, hard hours because every break while other people were going on vacation, they're going on ski trips, they were going spring break to the beach. I was having to find a job. I have any number of jobs and I talk about another episode, 
one of these days we can talk about it is I actually had a job working at Aquarina Springs and my job, I was a swimmer. Don't laugh. I was a swimmer in the, in the show with Ralph, the swimming pig. So I actually made a living for two semesters swimming with a pig in San Marcos, Texas. That is a crazy story within itself. That's actually something. That is, that was a thing. Ocarina Springs is no longer there, but that was a thing. That was like an early amusement park. But Hi, everyone out there. This is Dr. Smedal Dalame with consulting firm LLC. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're ever in need of any trainings, leadership workshops, goal setting, time management, team building, speaking, motivational topics, operations and business management, STEM workshops, team building, check out my website. I'm here to serve you and... I will be happy to take your team to the next level. Again, Dr. Smeralda Rame, CEO at Consulting from LLC. Or you can email me at dr.eadame.com. Again, that was dr.eadame at outlook.com. And I will be happy to help you. Thank you. The thing that got me is I was always working. And then one summer, I was fortunate enough to land a job uh, in a construction, on a construction site. We actually built south of San Marcos, there's a place called Hunter, Texas, and it was a cement plant. And uh, through some connections I had, I actually got a high paying job on that on a construction site at $5 an hour. Wow, $5 an hour at the wow. time, but that was good pay. But hard hats, safety glasses, long sleeve shirts, steel toed shoes, jeans. I mean, you're out there working and one day, I was coming back on a work bus because we get picked up and dropped off and the bus had to take a detour. And the detour went by right down San Marcos downtown and there's a place called Sewell Park where the San Marcos River runs through. And I was hot, I was sweaty, I was tired. The bus full of workers just stunk to high heaven with all the perspiration. And I look out the window and I see guys playing hacky sack, tubers, you know, in the water, in the cool, waters of the San Marcos River, drinking beer, and co-eds, you know, sitting there sunbathing, you know, studying their, you know, their homework. And I just said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to quit school. I am going to find a job doing something because this is just too difficult. It was the difficulty that the adversity was that I had to overcome was working your way through college without any money, having to scrimp and scrape for every dollar and dime that you could to buy books, to help pay tuition, to get through. And it was just wearing me out. But then that's when it hit me. It changed my entire life and my way of thinking. I had an epiphany. As I was looking out the window, and I mean, there's almost literally, I was choking up and I was angry. I mean, tears were almost running from my eyes out of just out of the anger. And then whatever hit me. I mean, I thank God for it, but I had an epiphany and I realized, wait a minute, there's people out there sunbathing to try to get brown and they're sitting there studying their Spanish books. You know what? I'm already ahead of the game. I'm already brown. I don't need to study my Spanish book that much. So boom. So from that, it changed my whole way of thinking in that I don't look at life through what keeps me back or look at things that are going wrong in my life as don't use it as a crutch. I use it as a tool. I use it as a learning experience and just turn things around. I was started always looking for the positive. And from then on, that was a point that just kind of changed my life of getting over the, the, uh, 
that, that attitude of having to work your tail off and never going to get ahead to just looking at a situation, doing that little somatic jump in my mind, that epiphany hit, and then I just changed the entire course from then on. So that moment, sitting on that bus in that 100 degree temperature, looking at the park, changed my life. Wow, thank you for sharing that. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle for a lot of us Hispanics, especially we're first generation students where we have to work. I mean, I was listening to you and we share that similarity. I mean, I remember having to work full time and going to school full time. Yeah. It, it was a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. I know now people see, oh, Jerry Gonzalez, and they tell me, oh, Dr. Adame. No, it, it took a lot of hard work, a lot of tears, a lot of sweat. And for me, one of the biggest things was I gave up my sleep. I, I'm, I'm not encouraging you guys to anybody to do it, right? But that was me. I mean, the struggle and the what I had to sacrifice was a lot of sleep. Sleep. Well, to this day, I, I mean, you know, I don't mind sharing. I, I went to bed last night at 3.30 in the morning or this morning at 3.30. I was, I was up by 8 o'clock and in the office by 9.30. But it's it's one of those things. It's it's I work best at night, and and it, another thing that actually kind of has been helpful is talking about work. I actually worked uh, one of my jobs in college is I worked as a security guard, and I worked as a security guard to uh, one of the posts that I had was a as a factory. They made Coleman canoes and and coolers, but I loved it. I had a 12-hour shift. I was there by myself. Every hour I had to do the rounds around the factory, but in between I studied and that was helped me, you know, to work and be able to complete my studies. Years later, fast forward, coincidence would have it, not only did I work for a security company in college, but later on I owned a security company. So for about 18 years, I actually owned a private security, com a private security and investigations company in the state of Texas. And, uh, you know, did quite well at it. We were bringing in quite a bit of money. I had about, a, at one point we had about 110 employees. But it was that experience, I would have never be, became a security guard. I would have never owned a company if it wouldn't have been for that experience. So I believe firmly that you are the total sum of your experiences. And whether your experience is good or bad, embrace it, cherish it, because even those bad experiences or what you think is a bad experience will, will pop up later and probably be very beneficial to you. Thank you. Thank you. So many, so many things came out of what you answered. I loved it. I know you said that some of your experiences, I always, I say this where I said, you know what, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, right? So there's a lot of things. Now, if it hadn't been for all those adversities, right, you probably mm -hmm. wouldn't be where you're at. I mean, I always share that with my, the people that I mentor and coach. It's like adversities build character. They do. Do you think, JR, that if you had not gone through that, the struggles of, of doing that, getting in trouble for speaking Spanish, um, having to get summer jobs, having to do all these things, having to be all over there sweating while you're looking out the window, you know, those people having fun on vacation, you think you will be able to have that be in a business owner and do everything that you do? Not at all. Not at all. And let me, let me just kind of highlight, I was, one time I was in um, Campeche, Mexico, Campeche, Campeche, and I was speaking at a university. And a student stood up and asked me the question, if there's something in my life I could change, what would it be? And I'd never been asked that question before, and I thought about it. And after a little bit of a pause, my response is, I would change nothing. And the student had a curious look, says, why? Isn't there something that you're 
regret or ashamed of that you would like to have changed? I go, oh, absolutely. There's a lot of things I regret. But if I were to go back in time and change that, how would it affect the person I am today? I'm pretty content and happy with who I am today, but it's because of that adversity. It's because of those experiences. It's because of those mistakes that I made. It's because of those embarrassments or the things I'm probably ashamed of and don't want to talk about on this podcast. But the thing is, if, it, if I wouldn't have experienced that, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable who I'm at, my experiences, my education level, very fortunate to have that and what I do. So if I were to go back and changing one little thing could have changed the trajectory of my life. So I'm happy with where I'm at. And the important thing that I look at is it's not so much what I've done, but it's what I'm doing and what I'm going to do. I'm very proud of some of my previous accomplishments, but what I'm focused in on is the future and how much more of an impact I can make while I'm still on this earth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving back and thank you for wanting to have that desire to, to impact others. And I think role models and mentors are, are something that the community needs. We all need those. We need to be that example. And, and thank you for doing that. And that answer, I, I love the answer because like you said, you know, it's just everything, the experience that I've had make you who you are. And we didn't know we were poor until, until we yeah. realized that, hey, uh, okay, you know, other people have AC, you know, we, we, we didn't. And other people have vehicles, we didn't. But we had a fun childhood, you know, we did a lot of things, but not till I got older and then became an adult, I realized, hey, we were poor. Yeah, and, it, and we didn't know it. We, we didn't know you were strapped. And I, I really get a kick out of it because not too long ago, I was invited to a dinner party and I was with this, um, uh, a friend's house, beautiful house, big, you know, definitely a big home. And it was a dinner party and a, a chef had came in and was going to prepare a meal for us. And I was kind of looking, there's some non-Hispanics in the, in the, in the, in the group. And I could see the look on their faces. And I went over and I introduced myself and I started talking. He says, let me tell you something about the Latino culture that a lot of people don't realize. And they're going, yeah. I go, no matter how successful, how big the house is, how much room we have, we're going to gather in the kitchen. And there's where we were. We were gathered in the kitchen, looking over the shoulder of the chef and it, the meal was great, but you know what? I would have been happy with the arroz y frijoles. Rice and beans would have been fine. Give me a nice flour yes. tortilla. And I think that's one thing about the Latino culture is that, you know, even though we've 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 advanced, we've matured, we've become better educated, we've become, you know, our our positions, um, our our wealth status has increased, but we still remember who we are and where we came from, and we're perfectly content with going back because you know that's comfort food. Arroz and frijoles and homemade tortillas. You yes. can even find homemade tortillas, comfort food. And as far as like the uh, like a tamal, to me, that's a Mexican energy bar. You just kind of pop those things down to keep <laughs> yourself going. Yeah, and it's funny because just during the week, this week, I was telling my son because he wanted something. He's like, no, I'm not hungry. And I was getting ready to make breakfast. I made sour tortillas and I put butter on it. And I take them taquito and, and, and a napkin and he's like, what's this? And he, he goes, because he felt it and it felt empty. It doesn't have anything to hear. No, it has something. This is like the best taco you would ever have. So he tried it. He's like, hmm. And it's butter. And that's what we had, you know, tortillas oh, yeah. with butter. I use and, and shared experience. I, I remember distinctly. I remember with my grandmother, I go, grandma, how about dessert? She goes, sabes que mijito? 
you know, so she would warm up a flour tortilla, spread butter on it. And then if there's some jelly, put a little jelly and she goes, then here you go. The French call it a crepe. <laughs> and, and perfectly happy. And, and I'll, I'll, do that, I'll still do that today is spread butter. Uh, and I like falfurias butter. I mean, it's so good. Spread that on a, on a hot tortilla and you're happy. And, uh, and, and when I had my house built, I insisted on a gas range because how can you flip tortillas on the on the on the on the range if it's electric so i'm always going to have a gas range because that's the way i have to warm up my tortillas wow yeah it's just amazing rich stories of our culture though that we have but thank you so much now i'm going to ask you i know we, we talked here a little bit here and there but i know you you're also a podcaster so share a little bit of what why the podcast and and, and why did you even decide where did the idea come from Absolutely. Well, one of the things I'm, I'm definitely a loquacious person. I enjoy talking. I enjoy people. Um, my dad tells me, Mijo, you have a face for radio. I go, okay. And then he says, and you have a voice for newspaper. So I go, thanks, dad. Uh, very, very supportive. But uh, <laughs> I just, um, the whole podcast thing is just kind of, kind of opened my eyes. I saw it as an avenue to get a message out and to do something that I wanted to do that I have a certain degree of control over. The whole podcasting world is, is crazy. I mean, there's over like, I think there's last time I looked, there's over 2 million podcasters out there in the world. There's over 48 million podcast episodes and growing all the time. It's a medium that was, is becoming popular. It's a medium that more and more people are using, but then to the attrition rate of podcasters, I mean, a lot of them don't last past the first year or two. I'm determined to make the podcast that I have continue on. And the name of it is the Latino Business Report. Uh, we're, we're on uh, Podbean as a host, but anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. We do have a website, latinobusinessreport.com. And the, the tagline to the podcast is <clears throat> a podcast covering business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. So we kind of get into it. We roll up our sleeves. We talk about things, not only business issues, but we also have some fun. One of my favorite episodes is episode number eight, and it's titled chickens don't have fajitas and we talk about an entire hour with uh, Sonny Falcon who was uh, known as the fajita king Sonny Falcon sold the very first fajita commercially in Kyle Texas back in 1960 something and uh, he was my guest and we talked about it because a lot of folks and there's a lot of people who don't realize it a fajita is a specific cut of meat that comes from a cow it's beef you can't have a chicken fajita you can't have shrimp fajitas and heaven forbid you can't have vegetable fajitas a fajita is a piece of meat a lot of people think put some grilled meat inside of a tortilla put some guac put some pico put a little bit of queso on it look i got a fajita no, that's a taco. You're making me hungry. Well, I don't mean to make you hungry, but <laughs> a, a fajita is a is a is a piece of meat. I mean, it has its tradition and it has its pride. People have just pretty much bastardized the whole thing and say calling everything a fajita, but it's not. So one of my favorite episodes, episode number eight, chickens don't have fajitas. And I stick to that because I am the self-proclaimed chicken uh, fajita police. If a waiter or a waitress goes, would you like beef fajitas or chicken fajitas? I roll my eyes and I have to go and explain it to them. Chickens <laughs> don't have fajitas. Wow, I'd have to go over there and listen to us. Why did you decide to? I know you mentioned the, the amazing encouragement from your dad, 
but why did you think, you know what, just one day, just start, you know what, I am going to do a podcast? I, I think the podcast was something that I wanted to create because I wanted to get a message out. I wanted to talk about things that I wanted to talk about. And as yeah. I uh, have been, been very fortunate to have these experiences, it's not that I take the podcast from, it's not just me talking. I have guests on there, such as you do. And I try to bring on interesting guests and address different matters. So we do talk about business because business is my background, but we also talk about people. In fact, um, earlier today, I, I have interviewed a, uh, um, I'm t well, right before this one, I was talking to a lady. Her name is uh, April and you'll be hearing about her. Hopefully you'll be hearing about her soon. She's going to, we're going to be doing some podcasts together and she's an actor. She's a, uh, a relatively well-known actor and she's going to be doing some stuff. And then I just, um, later this afternoon, I'll be talking to another gentleman who wrote a book, uh, the boy from Mexico, I believe is the name of the book. And it's a, a children's book talking about, um, immigration. And the story is about a young boy who actually crosses, um, from Mexico into the U S by himself. And it's a story to try to explain the whole immigration thing to the students. So as times are changing and uh, issues of the day are important, I think it's an avenue to be able to express not only what's going on, but an alternative other than the news to go a little bit more in depth into the story instead of just trying to hear it in a sound clip or a little news brief. Wow, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing people's stories. Thank you for having the guests that you have. And it's giving back. It's giving back and hopefully giving hope to other people, like experiences and things like that. Even though you're the, what's it, the fajita police and that, right? The route, fajita whatever, police, self-proclaimed fajita police. Yes, whichever one different, I mean, people listen to stories and that's how they can relate. They can relate, you know what? JR did this, this person did this, this kid crossed from Mexico with the one, the author that you just mentioned. There's just stories for us Hispanics that we need to see, we need to hear, we need to know about, because unfortunately, there are still a lot of parents. You said that maybe your parents didn't encourage me. I don't know if it was a joke or not, but with me, I know uh, I grew up um, my, with my mom. I, we crossed, they crossed me when I was seven and my dad stayed in Mexico, okay? And my mom was one to say, mijita, no vayas a la escuela. Don't go to school. Why are you go to college? You're going right. to get married. You're going to find a husband. He's going to support you. And I will be like struggling, trying to, you know, engineering work. And it was so, the material itself was, was hard. It was difficult. I mean, engineering was, a, that's one of my proudest moments. People ask me, what are you most proud of? And I say, becoming an engineer. They're like, wait a minute, but you have a master's, you have a doctorate. No, 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 no. You don't understand. The engineering coursework, that was a challenge so and then not having the, the the support from your mom saying you know what oh good job and you're doing it no it was the opposite and i feel like uh, as being latinas hispanic mexican americans mexican what you want to call it it's really rough and a lot of times the parents i don't know what intention they do it with i'm sure it, they mean well but they didn't go to college themselves i know yeah. my mom only went to third grade so the, how can they even they didn't have that experience encourage me? Yes. How can they encourage their kids when they haven't not gone themselves? Exactly. And let me clarify. Let me clarify. My dad was very supportive. Yes, it was kind of a joke. <laughs> but dad, military, he was a sergeant in the military, NCOIC, non-commissioned officer in charge. Very proud, but it's like, okay, 
Ikea, what do you want? A gold star? I mean, congratulations. <laughs> he kept me sharp. He kept me sharp. Well, good, and, good. And, and, and mom would encourage me. But the one thing is they were never parents that pushed me to do anything that they wanted to go. Mijo, it's your choice. It's your choice in life. Do what you do what you can and be the best you can. I've learned a lot from, from both my parents and my dad, especially when I was younger, used to tell me, he would go, mijo, he says, sometimes in this world, you have to work twice as hard as the next person just to stay even. Hi, everyone out there. This is Dr. Esmeralda Dadame with Consulting Firm LLC. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you're ever in need of any trainings, leadership workshops, goal setting, time management, team building, speaking, motivational topics, operations and business management, STEM workshops, team building, check out my website. I'm here to serve you and I will be happy to take your team to the next level. Again, Dr. Esmeralda, I'm a CEO at Consulting Firm LLC. Or you can email me at dr.eadame.com. Again, that was dr.eadame at outlook.com. And I will be happy to help you. Thank you. And at a young age, I didn't get it. Today, I get it. I go, those were those were words of wisdom in that, that it's unfortunate in today's society and the political climate as Latinos, even though we were here first, and even though the Hispanic population in the state of Texas is, is uh, we're now over 50% of the, uh, of the population. We have our place, but we're still demonized in the media. We're still demonized. We're looked at as second uh, class citizens. We're looked at as invaders. We look at, we're looked at as people who should go back home where they came from. This was our home. I mean, this, all this here in Texas and a lot of the Southwest was, was our land. And um, it's kind of a joke in the family, at least on my mother's side. Um, I've seen some Spanish land grants. And basically, we, the family at one time owned most of what's now Brownsville, Texas. But of course, we'll never get it back. But it's like you had, a, you had the Spanish land grants, you had the war, everything changed. I tell people, you know, one day my family or, or uh, members of my family are, are ranchers and, and um, and they own land and they're, and they're ranchers. And after the war, they become uh, squatters and cattle thieves. It's, it's, it's just amazing. But those are the politics of it. Those are the mm -hmm. times that we live in. But at the same time, I recognize as the population grows and, and congratulations to you. I mean, as a, to have a PhD, to have a doctorate is an amazing. It hasn't been that long, about 10 years ago, only about 10% of the Hispanic population had a post-secondary education. Now those numbers are increasing. They're about 12, 13, 14%. We're still way behind as a, as a community. We need more educated people. But to get your doctorate uh, is just amazing. So congratulations. That puts you in a very narrow elite category. And I'm so proud of you, of what you're doing, not only the show, but everything you're doing in the community, because you are that voice. You become that voice and you're, you represent and you add a voice and give a voice to people who don't have it. And that your podcast that you're doing is getting people and recognizing them and how they overcame their adversity or what they've done. These are potential role models. Thank you. I tell, I tell people, hey, don't do what I do. Just listen to what I say. Um, I've made some <laughs> mistakes and I continue to make mistakes. But at the same time, if at, at the end of the day, I mean, I'll take risks. But at the end of the day, if I can put my head down and go, you know what? 51% of my... Uh, decisions I made today were good ones, then I'm happy. Because if you're not making a bad decision one point or another, you're not making decisions. So it's rough out there. And like I said earlier, 
I think that um, a certain degree of, of prejudice and, and bigotry still exists. It's just taken a different form. It's taken a form in politics. It's taken a form in uh, economic uh, circles. It's taken a form of contracting. Um, so many different forms, but it's still a fight. And we got to keep fighting. And we have to remember our history. If we don't know our history, if you don't know where you've been, you don't know where you're going. And that's why it's so important that especially our young people recognize who they are and where they came from. Thank you for sharing all that. It's just, it's something that I think, again, as community leaders, we need to be the role models and we need to move forward. We need to move forward, we need to impact, educate the youngsters, educate them, hey, you can make a difference. You can move forward. You can be an example as well. You can accomplish really anything. And I know the purpose of this podcast is to do that, to do that where it says, you know what? You can do it too. You can do Absolutely. it too. Absolutely. It just, and you know what? what, what's important is it's not a race. I mean, who don't compete against somebody else, compete with yourself. How far can you go? I mean, it's like, yes. people go, well, Jer, you used to be like, well, uh, what do you attribute your success to? I go, well, first of all, thank you, but I don't consider myself successful yet. There's still so much that I want to do. And success is something that is very personal to an individual. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But for me, success is being able to put my head down at night, look myself in the mirror, know that, know that you're having a purpose, and just to keep moving forward. I will measure my degree of success, and I hope it's no time soon, but towards the end of my life, because there's just so much to do. And like I said, I think it's important, at least for me, is that I'm proud of what I've done, but what's more important is what I'm going to do next. Amazing. No, and same thing when I do my coaching session, I say, you know what, compare yourself to what you were yesterday. Not anybody else, but as long as you're better than yesterday, baby steps, big steps, everybody's different. Whatever stage you're in, because there's processes. You might be at the, Absolutely. At the teenage stage, at the adult stage, at the focusing on your career as a mom, as a dad, and everything's different. Everything's different, but as long as you compare yourself to yesterday, that's great. And I know you said you actually added to the one of the definitions for success. That has that's how you define it. So thank you. I usually ask also my, my guests, you know, how they define success, and it's something that it's different for everyone everyone is different so thank you for sharing that that oh, definition and i like your perspective of where were you yesterday but all i know for me yesterday i had a little more hair than i do today <laughs> every time i take a shower it's like getting a haircut i just see it go down the drain but you know what that's another story i'll start wearing it's a cap okay. yeah, yeah i got a little i got a solar panel in the back of my head now to keep me going <laughs> but you know what and we need to uh, embrace it. We need to embrace. Yeah. I know people say, how old are you? I share my age. I don't mind. Oh, you told me you're actually serious. Are you lying? Like, no, I it's just you know what I was young. I was little. I was a teenager. And now it's my adult. And now I'm a mom. And it, it's just a process. We're all getting old one day. Yep. And I'll, tell, I'll share with you my stock answer uh, as people go, well, how does it feel being whatever age I am? And my answer is, you know what? It beats the alternative. Because you of had not, a, of not having another birthday. I mean, yeah, whatever age I am. Here. It, exactly. Here. I mean, it beats the alternative of not being here. I'm still here. I'm another year older. That's fine. It's a blessing. Every day is a blessing, especially after COVID. Well, I don't know. People say we're after. Some people say we're still in COVID. No, we're, but we're, whichever it, one it is. It's a new, it's going to, we're going to have to adjust to a new normal. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think COVID's going away. Monkeypox, new variants are coming up. It's just another way of doing things. And back to one of your questions, it's during that time that I recognize everybody is locked down. Where the podcast thing, um, it started giving me some time and giving me pause to start thinking about some things. And as I'm looking at it, and since I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a marketer, I'm a PR person, having my own podcast just seemed a way to start highlighting other people, some of their successes, much as you are. And I want to thank you again for having me on this show because I'm used to being on the other side of the microphone interviewing people and I don't get a chance to to really give my thoughts all that much. So so thank you for that. But I think the podcasting is something that um, is here to stay. I'm de- I'm determined to to make uh, this my podcast work and I wish you best of luck and, and success on yours. And after the show, we'll exchange some notes because I've, I've learned a few things over the, over the period of time that may be helpful to, to you and as far as editing and streamlining the process. But uh, mm-hmm. I also look at it this way in that by podcasting and recording and archiving those things, it's kind of getting a little, it's taking a photograph in time. And it's kind of just putting it there for historical purposes that later on other people can download they can listen to um so i plan on doing it for a while i I, i'm enjoying it and then i think one of the goals that i do want to do and i think i think it's just kind of well as i'm reminded by my wife she goes jr sometimes you act like you're five i go okay thank you uh but i saw in the (laughs) i saw I, i was noticing on the on the uh guinness book of world records the longest pod live podcast ever I think it was 36 hours. So I tell you what, I'm thinking about it. Hmm. I wonder if oh I could beat the, I wonder if I could, if I still have it in me to stay up past 36 hours <laughs> and set a new world record for a podcast. Got, what better way to market? No, it's wow. kind of like, we don't know what the content is, but if I, hey, if it allows it, us to be eating and right? be eating, having a conversation, I'll go for that. But if not, I got to eat. Well, it's not so much eating, it's the restroom breaks that bother me. But anyway, that's another story. But I think podcasting is a relatively new medium. It's growing. It's popular. Every It's like anything else that's new. Everybody's uh, trying to do it. But there's only going to be a handful that actually succeed. And as far as monetizing it, eh, I'm not so much interested in monetizing it. It would be nice. But realistically, if you start monetizing it, then you have sponsors and you have to be careful what you say. Then you... You don't want to upset them or then you maybe they want some degree of control i like doing what i want to do talking about what i want to do it and i will be careful of course of what i say i don't want to try to offend anybody but at the same time i'll there's times i'll be unfiltered and just call it like i see it thank you and that's the hispanic in us right that's it is what it is right? we can't be uh, naming anything else but we can't sugarcoat anything because it is what it is. But yeah, I feel the same way. And I think just this platform is something that, I, I, again, I want to give it to, to our guests, my interview, the people that I interview, the, the platform to, to talk and, and share their experiences, their struggles, their, their issues, but also their successes. But most most importantly is, you know what? We know JR, they're successful. We know this person, they're successful. But I want to know that for them to share that hey you weren't always successful you weren't always this person it was hey we all struggle and i think um i think what's important to know is that and there's so many people out there that that share a similar story of struggles and overcoming adversity but for those who want to sometimes just throw up their arms and quit 
or just give in or, or be satisfied with, with where they're at, I say don't. I mean, one of the things, and I don't, I don't want to really go down this trail, but, but I think it's important. It's the way I, it's what I believe in that a lot of us have no idea what our potential is. I mean, we were made in God's image and I am convinced that I had can do so much more. Even when I push myself, when I push and I push and I push, I think I can't do any more. I know I can do more. And that's what keeps me going. What motivates me? What motivates me is an internal drive to be the best that I can. It's something I do. And I'm not trying to measure myself with anybody else. I'm not trying to compare myself. It's just, I want to find that ultimate goal of being the best that I can possibly be. Then I'll be happy. But I also know I'm not there yet because I haven't given it that 110, that 130, 40, 50%. And when you do that, and then when you're totally exhausted and you think you can't give any more, give more because you can do it. And that's what I think differentiates and will make people successful. And by doing that, it's not so much about who I am, but to show that it can be done and try to bring others, the next generation of leaders, the next group of people, show them the path so they don't have to go through some of the things that you and I had to go through growing up. Thank you. I know at the beginning you said you did not want to go down that route, but thank you for going to that trail. Why? <laughs> because my, no, thank you. Because the other word in my podcast name is persistence. You know, we talk about verses, but they go together. I mean, yeah, you have verses, but persistence and being consistent, being moving forward, pressing on, doing more and more. Persistence is the key. I always say persistence, ganas and persistence will get you anywhere, yep. anywhere. And you mentioned God. And I mean, I contribute all my blessings to him. And same thing, you know, it Bible says so I can do all, th- all things through God who strengthens me. And really, that's it. People ask me a lot of times, how do you do it? I'm like, you know, I point out like, oh, my blessings come from him. The strength comes from him. Because a lot of times I don't even know how I did things. So I realized, did I just do all that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I did that. And that's when you realize, you know what? It's only God because being trying to do the mom and trying to be the entrepreneur, trying to be the business owner, trying to be the, 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 you know, the wife and trying to do the podcast and all these things that we do. And again, all the hats that you wear, a lot of times you're like, you know what? But you say that there's a purpose, right? You said that, you know, you can give more, you know, that you can give more, you know, you can do more, you know, you can be a bigger role model, you know, you can be the example. And that's what drives you. You said that that's what, and you know what, that's what drives me. You know what? Because I don't have to do a podcast. I'm not monetizing anything. I'm not getting anything out of it. But the satisfaction that I know I'm helping other people. Exactly. And we both know it's time consuming to produce podcasts. Very much. Very (laughs) much. And not just that, but it's like, you know what? A lot of times I felt that I wanted to impact more people. When I had a person visit me or I was doing the coaching or the mentoring one-on-one, and then later I got a call or an email on somebody else for the same reason. I felt like, you know what? I know I have talents. I know I can do something to impact more people. And I know I can do it in a way that I don't have to be repeating myself. And so I said, you know what? I think the podcast was a perfect, even though it came from one of my uh, mentors. I know I was like, I want to write a book. And she was like, no, you need a podcast. I'm like, no, I want a book. Anyway, so it was during COVID also that I said, you know what? I think this is the time. This is the time to do it. And it's impacting a lot of people. I get really good comments. I get messages. I get phone calls. I get calls, emails, and says, you know what? Thank you. 
thank you because I heard this podcast and I have my son listening to it. Now my daughter is listening and the neighbor and this and that. And that's when I say, you know what? It's worth it. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going and um, until I can because it is having a positive impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said earlier, um, thank you for, for doing what you do. And, You're um, welcome. Thank and you. you. And you. You have, you've, you've been a recipient of numerous awards lately. And one of them was from Tamak, the, uh, the organization mm -hmm. I work so closely with. And that was one of our women of distinction. I was, uh, I've looked over your, your packet and I probably shouldn't say this, but I did sneak a peek at your packet and saw all your accomplishments and everything. Thank you. So well-deserved and congratulations for being recognized as one of the women of distinction for Tamak 2022. And I also know that the, um, the uh, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce RGV also recognized you, and I've been seeing on some of your social feeds. You're getting you're getting the recognition that one that you rightfully deserve, and there again, it just I think elevates you to a point where the more people note, especially young people, they're going, "Look, if she can do it, why can't I?" So continue yes. being that role model. Continue representing. Thank you. Uh, you're doing a, an amazing job, and I just wanted to say uh, thank you. Uh, for doing that and definitely thank you for for having me in this podcast and let me plug my own podcast if you forgot the latino business report you can find us anywhere uh we play podcast and we do have a website and uh, you can scroll down the the episodes i even have a episode list where you can go down and find whatever episode that you like but if you do happen to listen to one of my podcasts uh, send me a note uh, make a comment love to hear from you or um, just just listen listen and learn that's what it's all about Thank you. Yes, listen and learn and grow, right? Because that's something that a lot of the advice that we give, a lot of advice that the, the guests uh, share and stories, whether they're funny experiences, adversities, all those are, are ways that we can learn. It, it's meant to, to, to grow. It's meant to, to feed people, to add to people. And that's the whole purpose. And thank you. Thank you for, for the, the kind words. Thank you for what you no. said. But I know one of the quotes that I use is like, people were never uh, honored for what they did, but they were honored for what they gave. We give back and then whether it comes, recognition comes or not, it's it's okay. You know, it's Absol okay. Ab absolutely. And I think that, no, I know this for a fact because you are a leader and you, you've accomplished so much. A lot of what we give back and a lot of what we do we're not expecting anything in return. And if it comes, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter because we do it because we want to. We do it out of, I'm not going to say, some people do it out of the kindness of their heart. I do it because I'm going, I've been so fortunate, so blessed to have these opportunities. You know, I've stood on the Great Wall of China 13 times. I've, I've traveled all over Mexico. I've traveled in places. I've traveled all over the U.S. I've met five U.S. presidents, three presidents from Mexico, presidents from other countries. I've been in the halls of Congress. I've given, I've had given testimony before groups. I've, I've done all kinds of cool stuff. But the thing is, it's not about me. It's about who I am and who I represent. And the important thing is to get those experiences and share them with other people so they can learn and they can hopefully do a better job than I could ever do. It's about mentoring. Thank you. Thank you preparing. for that. And not forgetting where you come from. I always tell my students when I say, hey, when you become rich and famous, don't forget where you come from. But thank you. Now that you mentioned that, can you share your experience? Because that's one of it's on my bucket list. Be on that great wall of China one day. 
Tell me what's it, what's it like? Share with us. Oh my gosh. Okay. Take, take us there. Take us there. Okay. Here's the beauty of the Great Wall of China. A lot of people, and I actually use it in some of my leadership training. I go, okay, what do you think of when you think of Great Wall of China? For all you listeners out there, imagine the Great Wall of China. What do you think of? Okay, you, Dr. Dami, when I ask you the Great Wall of China, what do you think of? What comes to mind? Three things that come to your mind. Really quick is what, well, tall and, and brick. Those are the three okay. words that came to mind. Definitely one of the wonders of the world. The Great Wall of China is actually about 3,500 miles long. One wow. of the one of the one of the fallacies or misnomers is that it can be seen from space. No, you can't see it from space. But actually, the Great Wall of China was built, put into place by the first emperor of China, and it was a wall. To, it was a protective wall against the Mongol invaders. And as each little community along China, when China was divided up into about five different areas, had their sections of wall, but he was the first one to join all the walls to make the Great Wall of China for protection. He was also the emperor that's, that came into a metric system, not the metric system, but also putting roads and started putting currency into a system of unifying China. But as you look at the Great Wall of China, it is tall, it is, it is wide, but it's also known to a lot of people as the world's longest cemetery because there was actually slave labor used to build the Great Wall of really? China. And when people would pass away or, or die on the job, instead of taking the time to slow down and bury them, they would just throw them into the mortar and they, their bodies were built into the wall. Whoa. So the Great Wall of China is actually one of the largest or longest wow. cemeteries that exist. Another interesting fact about- Do you know about, more or less how many bodies Oh gosh, there? that I wouldn't be able to estimate, but it was, it was literally oh, tens that's something of something. Go Google. Yeah. And over the years, I mean, tens of thousands of people and, and, and laborers on there. You also have the Great Wall of China that it was used to be used as a communication system. They would use light fires on one end and signal signal something. And it went from station to station to station would go literally across the country using methods of communication. You also had um, a lot of the villages prospered in China because as the soldiers would guard the wall, they had to have, they had their barracks, but a lot of them um, had families that lived in the community um, at the base of the wall. So a lot of communities were popping up and, you know, that soldier pay, they would spend the money in the community and it would help the commerce. They would have their families there. But there's, I think it's like every 30 or 50 meters, there's a guard station. And the guard station was done strategically X amount of meters apart because what would happen is in the case of an invader the soldiers there were equipped with crossbows and they wanted interlocking fire so they wanted each tower to be able to to shoot down if necessary and have interlocking fire to, to optimize the protection of the wall now the great wall of china actually wow. what the mongol invaders penetrated the great wall it's not because the wall didn't do its job but it was internal uh, conflict. It was spies. It was traitors from within would open up certain sections of the gates and let them in because the Mongol invaders were cavalrymen. They were horsemen. They couldn't, they fought off the back of horses and you couldn't get a horse over the wall. So that's what's protected China during those dynasty times. But then when they were in, when they got in, once they were in and they brought their horses, then they were able to to start defeating, and that's when more battles and wars started started breaking out. But China is very interesting. I love I love China. It's a population of 
uh, what, 1.4 billion people. I mean, geez, we're like 300 million in the US plus, and they're like 1.4 billion. And there's one thing that I've learned after um, some good food, a lot of rice wine, and I look around and Latinos and, 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 and Los Chinitos, the China folks, we look alike. We have a lot of the same, <laughs> I mean, after a few drinks, we look alike. And I mean, look at me, I'm smiling, my eyes are closing. When I'm in China, I've actually been stopped. Thank I mean, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. I've been stopped many times. People want to have their picture taken with me because my eyes, when I smile, they crinkle up. I got a little bit of a belly. They think I look like the happy Buddha. So they want their picture taken with me. <laughs> I have parents who have their kids rub my tummy with a picture for good luck. I go, okay, whatever. But uh, and then you look at it. There, uh, there's so many similarities. We need to bring that tradition here. I'm the, there's so many similarities between between you know Chinese and, and our culture. I mean, hombre, I mean, I found in the in the mercados in the open markets in China, I found uh, chicharrones, chile rellenos. I found some stuff that we eat. The now, spicy, spicy. Uh -huh. They eat stuff that I wouldn't, but then I'm sure we eat stuff that they don't either. But mm -hmm. it's it's all it's all kind of it's the world. It's about people. But and if you think about it. Take a burrito and an egg roll. I mean, is there really that much difference? <laughs> the same principle. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing because again, that's my bucket list, and that would be really nice to go and do. It is. Go out there. Like I said, I have stood on the Great Wall of China 13 times. After the show, I'll send you a few of my photographs. Yeah. It, it, that, how it's, cool is that? It's definitely something to experience, and um, it's one of those things where, and. The, I haven't been in a while. The pandemic kind of thwarted some of those things, but I plan on going back. I just, I just love the people. I love the history, and China is just an amazing uh, country. And people ask me, Jared, why do you go to China so much? I go, if you have to ask, you don't get it, because I mean, they, they're so much more advanced than us in many, many ways. But of course, that's another story about propaganda and and world another podcast yeah that, that <laughs> that's that's something all together no but thank you for asking i love china i love to travel i love history in fact the ancient chinese actually came to mexico and central america way back when you know before columbus before all that other stuff there's actually trade routes um from uh in ancient times from china to central america and and mexico and that's where a lot of the jade comes from is those those trade routes with, with China. Wow, well, thank you. Thank you for giving us that experience, taking us to China for a bit. I want to add, uh, I'm going to end, I want to end this podcast with one last question. And uh, this is it, okay? Do I need to plead if, the fifth on it? Or? <laughs> if, if you had the opportunity, opportunity to have J.R. Gonzalez yourself in front of you as an 18 year old, what would you tell him? What would you tell yourself if you had yourself as an 18 year old? Invest in Microsoft. No. Uh, wow. Uh, if I had to give myself advice, um, mm, that's a good question. I think I would tell myself it's going to be tough. You're going to want to quit. There's times you just want to sit on the side of a curb with a beer and cry. But once you do that, get back up. Because you're capable of doing it, you can do it, and the only person holding you back is yourself. So 
if I could go back and talk to my 18 year old self, I would just encourage myself to have the tenacity, the fortitude to do what it takes to think big, live my dreams and do not let what anybody says adversely affect me or prevent me from doing what I want to do. Because that's the way I've lived my life. There's a lot of people say you're crazy, crazy or not, I'm going to do it. Or why are you doing that? Because I want to. I, I, I don't have to live by your rules. I set my own rules. I set my parameters. You know, I my success is determined by me personally, not you. And so if I had to go back, I would tell myself, just persevere and know that you're going to have, you know, have that ganas and you're going to get ganas. And I think I have more ganas than ganas right now. But, you know, <laughs> I've, I've, I've lived a good life and it's not over yet. So just live life to the fullest and live it to the very end and do not depend on other people to do things for you be the leader make your own path and because if you make your own path you're going to live a much happier life and a much more fulfilling life thank you so much i loved everything you answered every keyword there was encouragement keep going the ganas and just keep going don't listen to other people neg people's negativity thank you Thank well, you. thank you. And, uh, thank you for asking. I don't think I've been asked that question. So I'm glad you're recording it so I can see what I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might and use that. Again, I might use that again. Yes, because a, a lot of uh, I'm sure you, you've seen this. You have kids? Not that I know of. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. no, I'm kidding. No, we've <laughs> I've never been blessed with kids, but I I, uh, I do have a, a fondness for, for working with young people. And I have a lot of surrogate well, sons and daughters out there. Okay, but a lot of a lot. I guess because I I work a lot with uh, teenagers and I'm being a Sunday school teacher and having fifty some nephews and nieces and and then at, at work and here and there I work a lot with young people, and a lot of them are lost. A lot of them are lost. A lot of them need encouragement. So thank you for for those words. I'll make sure that I, I get the, the copy as soon as I can because thank you. It, we we need to. Uh, have more encouragement for them. We need to push them and we need to let them know that it's going to be okay. All right, it will. And Dr. Adana, once again, congratulations on your success. And I look Thank forward you. to, and I've been listening to your podcast lately with your different guests. Uh, very impressive. You have some, some good guests on there. And uh, Thank you. And for your listeners out there, thank you for taking the time and listening. And did I mention I have a podcast at latinobusinessreport.com? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank hey, you. Hey, I'm a promoter. And, uh, I'm a promoter. I got to I got to promote. Yes, I get it. And I'm going to have you back. I want to have you back because I want you to talk a little bit more of what you're doing with Tamak and a little bit of the entrepreneur in you and what do you do and the business that you've had and, and, and the leadership stuff that you do as well. So thank you again. And thank you for just taking the time because oh, we know my it pleasure. takes time. My pleasure. I think next time that we talk, uh, we can go in a little bit more into one of the sayings that that I constantly tell people that, you know, you are the total sum of your experiences and be to embrace that, embrace that. And I can, I can go down an entire, another episode with, with some of the experiences and how, how things that I thought were bad in my life turned out to be very, very positive influences on my life. So embrace life, take the good with the bad, because it'll all turn around if you just keep a positive attitude and don't give up. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll end right here. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.